Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world, and welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite podcast co-host, Dan, the man, Duran. How are you, Dan? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited. This is going to be really good, folks. So uh, make sure you put yourself in a comfortable position, whether that's walking, exercising, or sitting down, tune everything out, and pay attention. Absolutely. Dan, I feel like it's not like you're easily excited, but I feel like Friends and tacos get you really excited. So oh, I feel like yeah. I figured and, you and out no offense, a little bit. <laughs> no offense to our guest, but tacos. Um, More tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely gets me fired up. That, that, that gets me fired up, Jenny. Tacos get me fired up. I love it. I think you're you're a relatively simple man, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's why my wife married me. True story. She said early on, right from the beginning, I knew I'd be able to keep Dan happy from the cooking aspect or the, you know, the, the meal aspect, because all I have to do is put it in a tortilla. There you I go. said, amen. Put a ring on that woman's finger. That's awesome. I love it. Well, success, success. You'll never be hungry. That's for sure. <laughs> so who do we have with us today? Dan? This is going to be a phenomenal conversation. I'm super excited too, but who do we have with us today? We have my good friend and legend in the industry, Brian Grosso. And when I try to tee up or talk about Brian, there are so many things that come to mind that, it, that reading a bio wouldn't do it justice. I think of youth performance coach, which is how I first met Brian. He contributed education to a company that I work for. I think of martial artist fighter. Uh, I think of a power lifter. I think of a mindset coach, a mentor, a business coach. I mean, it just keeps going on and on. So I'm going to leave it up to Brian really give us some background and point out some of the things that he thinks we, we, you know, would benefit most from learning in his background, because we could spend 40 minutes just talking about the things this man's done. I don't even want to participate. I had a ball <laughs> listening to you guys in that intro. Like, I, I feel badly now that the, the, the spotlights on me, you guys were great. <laughs> just talk about tacos, Brian. Yeah. It'll be good. I'll just drop it every fourth word. Well, listen, Dan, I don't know. First of all, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for wonderful words. And Jenny, it's such an honor to meet you. And thank you so sincerely for having me here. Um, and I don't know if it was a legitimate question, Dan, but I'm going to run with it anyways, because I like to talk. Um, but insofar as like what is absolutely necessary on the next horizon of the fitness industry is everything above the neck. And I mean that very, very sincerely. I think that there's never um, there's never a point where fitness professionals should stop learning about things below the neck, right? Uh, exercise physiology, biomechanics, kinematics, appropriate coaching cues, exercise selection, programming, nutrition, the list goes on and on. Yeah. I don't believe there's a cessation where we should get to a point where we say, okay, now we know it. You know, we don't have to learn that anymore. I don't believe that exists, but... I will say that the next horizon has to be above the neck. We have to start looking much more directly at neurology, how the brain actually functions. And a, a good pervasive word to put as an umbrella over all of that is mindset. 
Now, mindset is really ubiquitous. We all kind of talk about it. We all flirt with the concept and it often gets conflated with positive thinking or setting goals. Mindset is an incredibly finite, nuanced science to really understand how the unconscious mind and the human brain interface, how they work together to produce results. Now, one of the most extraordinary things, and I still get fascinated about this, even though I spent, oh gosh, 20 years at the highest of high performing ends in sport performance, nothing but Olympic pro and national team athletes from around the world. And I taught these concepts to them. And now I've been teaching it, you know, through an educational process to fitness pros. It still fascinates me that, believe it or not, the human brain and the mind, the way they interface, it's evolved in a very negative way, meaning um, we have a brain and a mindset and an unconscious mind that is terminally set to more negative or lack instrumental thinking. But the beauty of it all is that the system is completely open to manipulation. If we learn how to manipulate ourselves above the neck and and think in different nuanced patterns, we can absolutely change the fortunes of our business, our lives, our own health, and everything in between. So the reason I think this has got to be the next horizon is that A, fitness pros need this. Okay, fitness pros need to build strong businesses, uh, understand money management. Um, set and achieve goals for themselves, all of which are mindset related. But talk about what we need to discuss with our clients. Nobody is confused. Nobody. Compliance is not good. Meaning we have clients, we know what to tell them, we know what to give them. They're not executing. And that staging point is how we get into their mindset to help them convert into compliance machines. So I don't know if that was too long-winded, but that's where I'm starting. No, you're talking, I think you're making so much sense already, even just in that initial statement. And yeah, humans, a lot of humans are naturally pessimistic, right? They naturally see the, the, the dark side of stuff and they get annoyed with people that are eternally optimistic or optimistic about like, quote, quote, the wrong things. But you're absolutely right. There's tons of studies out there that show that optimism, like people who are more optimistic have better overall health, right? Better health outcomes, better performance outcomes. There's lots of research out there that supports that. So Mm -hmm. I 100% understand that. And I work with college athletes and youth athletes. And my call, one of my college teams this year, I actually had to do some psychological coaching with them because Mm -hmm. they had some serious mindset issues. So I am super excited to dig into this a little bit more. Yeah. Jay, that was beautiful what you said there. And just, you know, kind of adding to it, when I talk about the two decades I spent in the highest ends of sport performance, I was a performance coach. And as non-defined as that was, here's the truth. Um, There's very little physically that I'm going to be able to do with an Olympic athlete to make them a lot better. They're already really amazing, right? My job for two decades was mental and emotional. It was, it was really working with them on a mental, emotional, psychological end. Um, people have asked me for years, given my experience, what separates the gold medalist from the silver medalist? And believe it or not, it's got nothing to do with physiology, physical, or genetics. It's got to do with the half square foot of real estate above their head. Like yeah. that's, it's, it's the way they think. That's what separates them. It's that time for another ISSA rapid review. Here we go. Jason had this to say about our strength and conditioning course. It is worth the investment and the time. 
quality material backed by great research. We love that. Thanks, Jason. Brian, can you share, and I, I kind of, I missed this at the beginning, but the first time that I saw your education was about 15 years ago, and it was a course you'd created on training youth. And one thing that really stood out, especially as I spent more years in the industry, is that the primary focus was on mindset, personality, uh, situational leadership is what I call it in the adult world, right? But understanding what type of person you have in front of you and how to change your coaching style for that person, which arguably that's mindset, that's psychology. So early on you were doing that, but you started again with performance and athletics and Olympians. What made you gravitate? By the way, folks, I left out author. He wrote a great book called Mindset Matters Most. Uh, it, what, how did you gravitate from the, the, the X's and O's to saying, you know what, I'm going to focus on the neck up. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's actually been a pattern of my career. Um, the entire span I've spent in this, in and around this industry. Um, it, it starts back in the days of the IYCA, Dan, the, the, you know, that organization I created that, you know, had the youth education to it. Um, you know, at the tail end of me working with elite athletes, what started happening was a lot of parents began bringing their young athletes into the training center that I worked in. And we, we, we really didn't know what to do with kids. I mean, we, we had, this is back in the late nineties, early, early two thousands. We had no real idea of how to work with eight-year-olds. Uh, so we would take our more elite programming and just kind of dummy it down and change the volume and, we thought we were doing a good thing. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, we probably were, but it got me spiraled into this whole notion of as an industry, we don't service this market particularly well. Um, and so I went on a crusade to learn as much as I could about everything related to social, emotional, psychological, emotional intelligence, biometrics, um, physiology, what changes and adapts over time as kids move from six through nine years old into 12 through you know, 14 and then 14 plus. So I really went on a crusade of learning it all. And that's when I brought that organization to market because I recognized I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only one who didn't understand how to work with kids properly. Now, the same holds true with respect to mindset and the whole neck up paradigm is that for 20 some odd years, that was the main focus of my work. Um, I, I would never claim to have known it all. I still don't claim that. I, I don't like expertise where it comes off as I am the expert. No, I'm always a student. I always love to learn and, and discuss things with people who are incredibly intelligent because I'm always on the uptake for more information and the practical application of it all. But when, when I left those two companies that I had started, I knew immediately that the next venture for me was bringing this neck up concept to the industry at large. And so I, I, I marshaled all of my efforts. What I had been doing for the last 20 years, I mapped it out as a curriculum. Uh, my wife, who is way more intelligent than me, she's a licensed counselor. Her and I had lengthy conversations about her work and how it paralleled to the work that I wanted to do. And we created a system that basically, you know, there's a lot of nuance and a lot of science and a lot of information to it, but it whittles down to four mental exercises that every human being on the planet should do every single day. And then we went about field testing it uh, responsibly for a good couple of years to generate the data 
that we were satisfied it worked, and then we brought it to market. So it seems to be a pattern I always do. I look for the gap. I, I don't want to be that guy who just keeps bringing the same stuff to the marketplace. As much as I think we all need to continue learning about nutrition and exercise selection, all of those things, it's been done. And I don't want to contribute to that conversation anymore. I want to find the gap that fitness pros and performance pros need to give them an edge, but also to give their clients an edge. Yeah, I love that you guys, you say that you have a system because that's one thing that a lot of people want. They don't want to have to quote, quote, figure it out. Right. right. Not that they're lazy or whatever. Some people just want it kind of a little bit more structured and a system is always important. But I also love that you said that you guys did some research to support and get the evidence that shows that your four, your four steps, your four things are, are important. Do you mind? Can we get a little sneak peek? You don't have to go into detail. Um, and is it in the book? Is Are these in the book? Mindset I can, Matters? I can give them all to you right now. I have no, my job in life is to share what I know. And that's, I have no, I'm never the guy who keeps it behind a locked door. So I will talk for a bit. You guys just cut me off whenever you want me to. Um, but these four exercises are called the four pillars. Uh, I don't know if your audience is familiar with uh, an author named Dr. Benjamin Hardy. He's been on the New York Times bestselling list for multiple books. Um, he, he's, a, he's profiled our system. He's a psychologist. And he even wrote an article about it one time. I forget which magazine it was for. But, and this is a huge thing for us, Dr. Hardy said that our four pillars, which is what we call our system, um, are, is the most scientifically valid mindset system on the planet today. So we're really proud of that because we did the work and gathered the evidence. Um, and so it's four, it's four simple exercises that does not occupy a great deal of time. I like to be efficient. I don't like to be long-winded. And so in no particular order, these are the four exercises. Number one, uh, we have um, review your direction, okay? So there's a couple of these pillars that pitch off of each other in a good way. One of them, which I'll explain in a second, projects you mentally into the future. And that's a really important quantification for the unconscious mind. But review your direction pulls you back to the present. Now, <clears throat> what most people have a challenge with is isolating priorities on a given day. Most fitness pros who are entrepreneurs, as an example, have anywhere between 78 to 178 tasks to do every single day. And that's not what we want. We don't want to be overwhelmed. We don't want to be scattered. We want to be very directional. So every single morning, we ask from a mindset perspective, you take your journal and you simply write out the direction you're taking today. What does the next 24 hours need to mean to you? In the aspect of achieving what it is you want, the only equation that matters is simplicity plus consistency. Do simple things every day. You will arrive at your goal every single time. So review your direction brings us back to the simplicity of today, right? And that, it matters a lot because we have an amazing chatterbox up here yeah. in our brains. And the, I thought the, I was the only one who has like no, a voice in there that's like talking to me all the time. Not remotely, not remotely. No, the, the actual science shows that in a given 24-hour period, we may have as much as 4 trillion bits of information coming into our senses from the periphery around us, as well as our own head. But then there goes through a filtering process through the unconscious and into the conscious brain. Now, hear this, 4 trillion bits of data, but at any one time, the human brain, the frontal cortex is only capable of toggling between about five conscious thoughts at one time. Yeah. So think about that filtering process. 
from four trillion to five, right? What we wanna do is arm the frontal, the prefrontal cortex with exactly a sniper pinpoint accuracy of what matters today. Put that top of your mind every morning and watch as you start to toggle about those things almost exclusively. So that's exercise number one, okay? It keeps us directionally in a straight line. Um, Exercise number two um, is called learn your language. Now, this could be a little bit verbose, but I'll really condense it well for this. And it's, it's a, it really is a beautiful explanation if you, if you let this in, okay? We have an unconscious mind, okay? It's non-local. It doesn't exist inside of us, but we have an unconscious mind. Now, what we have with the unconscious mind and the conscious, uh, conscious brain is this perennial loop. And I'm going to explain the loop, okay? So the unconscious mind carries a narrative. Now, that narrative is likely the accumulation of your experiences and your influences in life to date. And I'll give you an example. For for those fitness pros who are listening right now who maybe work with clients who are a little overweight. Now, for the purpose of this example, I'm going to be less than politically correct because I want to show you how people who are overweight talk to themselves. Yeah. It's not about being politically accurate. It's about how do they talk to themselves? So your overweight client says this, uh, this to themselves on a regular basis. I'm really fat. I hate the fact I'm fat. I've always been fat. I've tried everything and nothing works. Maybe I'm always going to be fat. Now, if that's your internal narrative, that becomes the story of your unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Your unconscious mind, it has a single job. It mirrors to your conscious brain, whatever you fed it. So now I've got this I'm so fat story being mirrored to my conscious brain. The conscious brain takes that story and tries to create evidence that it's true, which means every action, habit, behavior, choice, decision you make in a 24-hour period will always, and I'm going to stress this, always align to the unconscious narrative. So as an example, Nobody on the planet is confused anymore. An apple is probably a better choice than a bag of Doritos. So the question isn't to educate people on choosing the apple. The question is, how do we help them stop choosing the bag of chips? The reason they're choosing the bag of chips is because the mirrored unconscious narrative is requiring their brain to create evidence that that narrative is true which is why people are challenged by choices. It's why they're not complying to your instructions, nutritionally or exercise-wise. It doesn't matter how great you are, and I'm certain you're great at what you do, but if your advice is challenged by their unconscious narrative, their narrative wins every time. Yeah. Here's one thing that we have to appreciate about neurology. Dan Duran's brain doesn't believe me. It believes him. So it doesn't matter what I tell Dan. It matters what Dan tells himself. So my advice will fall on deaf ears neurologically unless Dan adopts a new story. So now we have the conscious brain working overtime to create evidence that I'm fat. And in real time, I choose the chips. And maybe now, because I'm feeling guilty about that, I, start, I stop at Starbucks and grab a Frappuccino as well. Then I go back to my car and I get angry at myself. 
and I get frustrated and I get this emotive agony. And look, guys, this is not about fitness anymore. This is about mindset. Your clients are in pain. And unless or until we talk to that pain, we're not going to be as effective as we could be. That, that client is in agony right now, emotional agony, because the narrative created an evidence porthole, which created a choice, which created a result. And now I'm in pain. Now, here's the unfortunate truth. The more evidence we create in real time for that unconscious narrative, it serves as a reinforcement back to the unconscious. See, told you I was always going to be fat. I can't even choose not to have chips. This is the life of many clients. This is also the life of many entrepreneurs. I'm never going to make money. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And thus the cycle goes. Mm -hmm. So the reason we have an exercise called learn your language is simple. If I walked into a doctor's office and the doctor didn't do any assessments at all, she just looked at me and said, uh, you've got X disease. Here's some medication. Probably wouldn't take medication. Right? Yeah. We have to understand ourselves better. Learn your language is an exercise in understanding yourself. If I want to help you change your unconscious narrative, I need you to know what it is. What are you saying to yourself? Mm -hmm. Right? So learn your language is a matter of taking your journal, sitting quietly for a few moments, and listening to your own thoughts and your own emotional profile. And as you hear and feel and experience things, write them down. Don't edit them. Don't censor them. Don't flip them. Don't reframe them. Don't try to make them sound better. Just write down what you're thinking and feeling. Um, it's important cathartically to get that stuff out. It's equally important for you to see the internal narrative you're carrying. And I, I want to be clear. I said emotional profile as well. It's not just the way we talk to ourselves. It's the emotional profile we're carrying. Many millions of people are walking around this earth right now with low-grade anxiety. And they don't realize it. And the reason they don't realize it is because it's become so common that people have just low-grade anxiety. But, you know, there's an amazing difference between common and normal. It's not normal to have low-grade anxiety but it sure is common. So get that stuff out, become much more familiar with yourself. And that's the second exercise, learn your language. Now, I don't, I, I'm, I'm worried that I'm being verbose. Do you want me to give me the next one? No, no, keep, keep talking. I love it, I love it. Okay, so then the third exercise, we have review your direction, learn your language, and then the third one is count your wins, okay? Preferably, we ask you to do this in the evening, maybe even before you go to bed. And there's lots of reasons we do this. Uh, here's a couple of reasons. Number one, you may not be consciously aware of this, but most people at the end of the day, they're counting their scars. They're enumerating in their heads the things that didn't go right today, the things they didn't do, the things they wish they should have done, but didn't get to. And they're already tracking the dread they have for tomorrow. Gosh, the traffic's going to be so heavy and it's going to be such a long drive. And oh, I've got like six clients back to back to back to back. We're already tracking that mentally the day before, the night before. 
So we want to reverse engineer what we're focused on later in the day. So right before you go to bed, grab your journal, grab a pen, and enumerate every win from today. It doesn't matter how small it is. What did you do right? What were you happy with? What were you proud of? <clears throat> what did you take even 1% forward traction on? And I can't overemphasize this. No win is too small. Like the smallest little win. Maybe you didn't go for that 20-minute walk this morning like you wanted to, but you did step outside. You, here's the thing. You may not think that matters. Your brain does. Your brain cares. Your brain cares that you're enumerating it the right way. So we have all these synaptic connections in our gray matter that are our neural pathways. And Jenny, you were so right. The, the, the brain has evolved as a rather negative instrument, very pessimistic, very on guard, very wary, very worried, very nervous. And all of that bleeds into neural pathways that we chemically use on a regular basis. We want to re-engineer that. We want your brain to become very accustomed to seeing you and the world and your opportunities for all the positivity and optimism that there is. So I walked outside today. Didn't go for my walk. Don't care. I walked outside. That's a big deal. Make it a big deal. Enumerate it. Get your brain thinking the right direction. And, and here's another reason we do it at night. Because even though you're sleeping, your brain's not. It's perseverating on the last information you gave it. And it's doing that for six to eight hours. So you, you better equip it with some good stuff. Yeah. Right? It matters. It's great so much sense. Yeah. So that's exercise number three. Count your wins. Okay? So we have review your direction, preferably every morning. Learn your language. If I had my choice, twice a day. Once in the morning, once at night. We have count your wins once at night, although you can splay it throughout the day if you like. And then the last one's a bit more ethereal. It's a little bit more esoteric, a little bit more metaphysical, but it really is powerful. This one's called imagine your outcome. Okay? So... I'll go back to what Dan talked about before. I intend to win the world championships of powerlifting in the year 2027. Now, if you were to ask me how many times I've won the world championship already, I would tell you hundreds of times every day because that's the truth. I have a complete imagination around my last deadlift of the competition. That if I pick this up, the points total accordingly, I win worlds. And I have imagined that in 30 second increments, dozens upon dozens of times, quite literally every single day. So much so that imagery plays on background all by itself now. I don't even have to consciously bring myself there. I kind of just am always playing that. And that's what I mentioned at the beginning of this, that if you learn how to manipulate the way your brain and mind work, you can manipulate it in your favor. And this is how you do that. Pick your goal, whatever your goal is, okay? And this is an important quantification to understand. It's actually one of the reasons that science has shown positive affirmations don't really work very well at all. As a matter of fact, they can create massive cognitive dissonance and be more defeatist than they are helpful. The unconscious mind doesn't work on intellect or words. It works on imagery and emotion. Okay, so what we want to do is create a 10 to 30 second imagination 
of us achieving what it is we want. Maybe it's a moment in time, like me. I pick up the last deadlift, I win the world championships. Maybe it's maybe it's you want to lose 30 pounds. So the imagination you have is you fitting into the perfect genes. And I'm, I'm being hypothetical, but whatever your end game is, create a 10 to 30 second imagination that summarizes what that looks like to you. And you can't do this wrong. Yeah. Pick whatever feels good to you. Now, here's the much more challenging part for a lot of people. The unconscious works on imagery and emotion. So it's not just the image we want to project on a regular basis. We want a corresponding emotion that goes with it. In my case, it's, it's the height of gratitude. So I'm not going to do it no matter how much Dan begs. But if you gave me 10 seconds right now, I could bring myself to tears. Because every time I pick up that last deadlift and I put it back down and I turn around and I look at the lights and the three white lights means all three judges approve of my lift and I win worlds, I get to tears every time. Every time. I've learned how to bring emotion to that imagination. And the greatest emotions, gratitude, joy, fulfillment, love. These are the big emotions. So we have to bring some emotion into that imagination. And the number one way that I've ever found to do that is with an anchor. Okay, so an anchor is just some kind of external tool you can use that catalyzes the emotion. Maybe it's a video. When you watch this video, it always brings you great joy or great gratitude or great feelings of love. Watch that video while you're imagining you succeeding. For me, it's a song. One particular song I play that always brings me to emotion. This one song, it always, I vibe at this unbelievably grateful and I love life level whenever I hear this song. So I started using that, I play that song while I imagine winning worlds. And I would do that three times a day, then four times a day. It only takes 10 to 30 seconds. But if you can bring imagery and emotion and repetition to your unconscious mind, it will accept that image as truth. And now look what happened to that loop we talked about before, okay? I don't have to convince myself or motivate myself or inspire myself to eat the macros I need to eat every day or to go to the gym even after a long day. I don't need to watch an inspiring video or talk myself into it because my unconscious mind already believes I'm a world champion. So all the actions, habits, behaviors, choices, decisions I make every single day simply align to the concert of that image, of that narrative. Wow. That's the power. So those are the four exercises. Love it. So I've had the, uh, the privilege of, of going through the two mindset performance uh, coach courses that, that Brian and Carrie did years ago. And then again, with your new revised version, and if the folks out there, this is a podcast, okay? But I'm going to tell you what I'm showing you. What you see here is my journal, nice. okay? And here are the four pillars. And I, I changed up the order uh, a couple of times. And that's something I, you know, uh, Brian, when I was going through the education, I never saw that there had to be a certain way. 
But what I definitely did was count the wins at the end of the day. So there it is. Review, imagine, well, uh, learn your uh, language, review, imagine, count. Boom. They're all right there in the journal. And folks, this stuff is powerful. You know, can I tell you something, Dan? I, I just want to say two things. First of all, you have no idea what that means to me. You know, look at when 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 I'm called home and I'm done with life and it's my time to depart the earth. There's very little I care about with respect to materialism or anything else. I want to know that my kids and my wife loved me and that I did good by them. And I want to know that something I did made an impact on someone's life, even if it's just one person. So the fact that you still journal after all these years and that format means more to me than you could possibly imagine. And I, I just want to add one more thing because, Jenny, I loved what you said before. I, I agree with you. Systems matter. Yeah. Okay? Systems matter. But I've always lived and died by this one notion, okay? Every fitness pro, every successful career person, we need to know the rules like a pro, but then be able to break them like an artist. So the four pillars are the four pillars, and that's the system. But what Dan just said there matters so much. I actually think this industry over the years got too template. Sure, I'd agree. Do this. Okay, what I want to do is give you the reason these four exercises work, give you lots of how to do them, but then give you room to be an artist to make them your own. Yes. Because in the end, that's what's going to have the biggest impact. And, and, and I did that, Brian. I actually added two exercises to the pillars. They're called pillars. Pillars support things, right? Mm. There's something above it. So I added two things personally. One of them is scripture and yes. the other is gratitude. So what yeah. am I grateful for today? Love that. Uh, mm. And that's the end of the day. Scripture's at the beginning of the day. So I do six, but it's all revolves around the non-negotiable four pillars. I love it. I'm so heartened right now. You just made my day. Good stuff, man. <laughs> Thanks. For yes. That. So I love, that's why when you said this is too, too, you're being too reverse, I was like, no, keep talking. Cause I love the examples that you give on how to use this, but I don't see why, and like I wrote everything down too, cause I'm going to start, especially my men's volleyball team that I had issues with, well, not issues with, I was working with last season. True. I'm going to implement this from day one when I start seeing them in August. Um, I think this is a phenomenal idea. Um, and I love the idea of journaling too, because a lot of times we write better than we speak. Yes. We write better than we speak. So sometimes just writing something down, you might write something so eloquently and then you go to speak and you're like, dirt, dirt, dirt. <laughs> you got <laughs> so nothing, true. right? Um, so but it's true. a chance to go back and reflect too. So you can be like, you know what? I was in a really great mental space or headspace a month ago. Let me go back and see what I was doing, what I was feeling, how I was talking to myself. And yes. you can go back and refer back. So I know Dan journals, and I'm sure you're probably somebody like me. If most fitness professionals who actually like what they do and write down their workouts, we probably have notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks. Yes. I have probably eight or 10 notebooks from the last eight years alone, right? But you can have journal upon journal upon journal and go back and look, how was I doing when I was successful at this? When I won worlds, where was I at, right? Because if I want to replicate it, it's just like um, John and I talk about um, in CPD bootcamp and stuff, we talk about um, the purpose of exercise. It's not to fatigue yourself. It's to, so that you can be more efficient train yourself to do it better and be more efficient in your energy systems. And then you can do it again. Yes. Right. So you don't want to just be successful once your goal should be to replicate it over and over and over again with different things. But you can't do that if you don't learn from what you've done before. You just gave me chills. So, <laughs> I so wholly agree with you. If I may just take two seconds to comment on that. Um, I don't know what anybody listening. I feel like sometimes the way my brain chatters, I can think 
at about 1,001 miles per hour. Yeah. But when I force myself to write down what I'm thinking, boy, do I have to bring that into a very narrow scope. And that's the beauty of it. It slows us down. It gets us really myopic about what's important in the moment that we want to write down and track. So that's that's huge. And Jenny, trust me, you're obviously all world. You're incredible. Um, just met you today, but I, the, the world classness in you just screams off of you. So you don't need me to tell you this, but let me just make this one thought to you. Having run the four pillars myself with high-end athletes, even in team settings, here's what I always found so useful. At the beginning of practice, we come together as a team and we talk out loud. What's our direction for this practice? What is, what is the team's goal? And what is your goal? And everybody's got to comment. The team's goal is this. What's your role in that? What are you, what are you reviewing right now that you're going to work on over the next 90 minutes? At the end of practice, um, come together, do wins. What was the best part of today? Because I don't know about you, but my athletes, after bad practice, they walk out the room dejected. Mm -hmm. I'm not having it. Stuff went right today, and we're going to enumerate that stuff right now. What, what was the best part of this? What was your best win today? And everybody's got to participate. It, it changed the psychology, the emotional intelligence, and the vibe of the team. I love that. I actually coach at a Catholic high school here, one of the best sports teams in the state, actually, Xavier um, College Prep. And I've actually heard some of the other volleyball coaches use something called roses and thorns. Yeah. Um, and it's similar concept. They talk really? about, but we always ask them to talk about their thorn first. What was that one thing that just irked you today? That one thing, mm -hmm. right? Oh, I had a test and I didn't do well, or I wasn't prepared for my test or whatever it is that these kids say. And then what was your rose, right? Well, and we talked about this before practice because we want them to come into practice with a good headspace, ready to focus on what we're doing. So let's talk about it. What was your rose? What was your thorn? And we go around the circle and it's a really cool exercise. And that that's what that reminds me of. I've always loved roses and thorns. And I'll tell you why, because the whole concept of thorn is learning your language. Mm -hmm. you're, you're cathartically releasing what, what's bothering you. It, it's a brilliant way, especially with young athletes, to get yeah. them participating in understanding mindset, emotional intelligence, and, and vibing up to the next level. I, I love that. I think it's fantastic. So cool. Oh, I'm like, I'm loving this, loving this conversation. So good. Speak, speaking of language and things replaying, I'm replaying Jenny's comment about having what eight books, uh, workout books and oh, I've yeah. got three stacks. So, yeah. uh, you know, now, now Brian called books, me out though, on dude. being 78. You're 78 uh, the, the, <laughs> yeah. And so wait till, you know, the three stacks, and, and where it comes in handy is when you have a kid that just became stronger than you and you yeah. can prove, them, prove to him, look, man, I used to be stronger than you for what it's worth. <laughs> so for what it's Brian, worth. For what it's worth. Brian, um, where can our listeners learn more about not, not just mindset coaching, but you, you and Carrie do two things, if I'm not mistaken. You coach individuals, generally a very small number because they're high profile clientele and so forth. You also, I believe, spend uh, more time coaching people how to be coaches. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what our personal trainers do and our listeners do, right? They, they help people. So what you're sharing will help them. Mm -hmm. But to your point, all we want to do is make the world a better place, a healthier place. So where can they learn more about not just, you know, applying these principles to themselves, but how to apply these principles to the people that they're 
trying to help? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Uh, let me say this. First of all, you're right. Karen and I are fairly selective with our individual work. It's not because of a hierarchy of any kind. It's fun to work with NBA players and A-list celebrities. And we have a very small number of people we work with at that level. But Karen and I really want to have impact. And for us, the greatest impact possible is equipping more people with what we know works and then allowing those people to pay it forward to their clients, et cetera. Um, having said all that, I'd love to say I have a website and all these different social platforms. I don't because it's just never the, the matrix we got ourselves into. So let me say this. If this interests anyone in your audience, um, I got persuaded very recently. I mean, literally two days ago. Um, Dan, as you know, I have, I have a doctorate in theology. That's a huge part of the way I teach, not religiously, just, you know, from spirituality on down to science. Um, and someone said to me, listen, <clears throat> there's so much fluff and nonsense in the world of fitness related to building businesses successfully. Mm -hmm. You should write a book that literally is the Tao for coaching entrepreneurs. The way this is how you build and scale a business that is sustainably successful so that you can just get to the passions of what you love to do, which is helping people. So I said yes, without thinking it through. I should have thought it through. <laughs> um, and I have no website for that. I have nothing to sell. But here's what I can tell you. Um, find me on Facebook, Brian Grasso, G-R-A-S-S-O. I'm friends with Dan Duran. So that's a great compass you can use. If you see a mutual friend as Dan Duran, I'm that Brian Grasso. Um, basically, what I'm doing is that I'm giving away chapters of this book in real time. As I write it, I'm going to post it on my profile page. I'm not being slick about it. I'm not selling it. I'm just, if you want to be interested in learning more of this stuff, then I'm just going to post it on my profile page. So, and it's all related to the mindset we have to carry um, in order to grow as humans and to grow sustainably successful businesses. So if anything I've said interests you, just come find me on Facebook, get involved in reading the stuff I'll be posting starting next week. Um, and that then engage me in a conversation because then I can say, oh, yeah, you were on the ISSA podcast. Let me tell you about our mindset certification, if that interests you. That doesn't wait. You have a certification? We, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not. So <laughs> oh, tell us everything. No. So the thing is, with Brian, with, with education, when it comes to education and learning, we're open. We don't ever tell anybody only go with ISSA because there is so much to learn out there and we don't mm -hmm. offer it all. So 100 percent. Tell us more. I love that you I love the ISSA. I really do. <laughs> so no, Dan's right. We, we've produced a couple of different certifications over the years. The, the, the ones we have right now are absolutely world-class. We have a level one and level two certified mindset specialist. Uh, it's for coaches. It's not just for fitness coaches, business coaches, holistic coaches, nutrition coaches. The staging point of your client success is always going to be their mindset. Always. So you can be the best fitness pro on the planet, but if you don't understand how your client is processing, how they see themselves, the narratives that are challenging them, then all of your best efforts are going to go for naught. And we don't want that. So we have certified mindset specialist level one, level two. And then we also have a course called the neurology of coaching, which I didn't produce. We actually hired two functional neurology specialists. It was the best course I ever took in my entire life. It, it, it is an unbelievable, like, unveiling of what is actually happening in the brain when your clients are making decisions. And how can you help them understand to make decisions better? It, it, it blew my mind, this course. I think, Dan, I think you took that course as well. 
it was mind blowing. So those are the, the two certifications we have. If, if uh, I just moved, so a lot of my stuff's in boxes. And if, if it wasn't for that, Brian, I'd be holding up my two binders right now because I printed everything out of those courses, hole punched them, put a fancy cover on them. So uh, pretend I'm holding them up right now because I yeah. have them in a box somewhere. Well, and we made the certifications very digestible. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of education, but I'm a huge proponent of simple education. Uh, and so here's what we've done. Everything is, is digital. It's all online. Um, every, every one of the modules and all of those courses is, is a video where the instructor is teaching to online. You can see there's anywhere between 40 to 100 people who are actually on the video course with us. Um, so you watch that. And at the end of every module, we ask you to answer five or six basic questions on the material you just learned. I cannot stand it when you, you make me read a textbook. And then at the end of it all, I got to write an exam of stuff I learned three and a half weeks ago. So we, we, it's a 45 minute video and then five or six questions right at the end. So you can really digest and, and practicalize the information. And as soon as you pass that little quiz, module two opens up for you. So we, we make you go in order and we give you the ability to just understand the material right when you've learned. Well, if I can pass it, anybody can. And you did. You took, you know, you made the complex simple, Brian. No doubt. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Love that. And I just bought your book on Amazon. Just saying. <laughs> yes. That's what I was looking down doing. I was buying your book. Great, <laughs> I appreciate it, that so much. I support book. you. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. I support you right back. That's awesome. No, I'm super interested. We're going to put the link for the uh, courses and for um, some research on how um, optimism can affect well-being. There's some yes. really good research out there that I've located. Um, we found your Ben Hardy article that you were talking about. Um, we'll talk. We'll post your four pillars. You guys work fast. Great I love it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're all about sharing info. Um, this has been a great, great conversation. Um, so many usable tools for people to use, um, and then of course where they can learn more if they want to dive a little deeper. Because as you said, like it, it's constantly evolving, it's always changing, and there's so much more to know. Um, you're a phenomenal human being. I just met you, but I like you. <laughs> you're the sweetest. Thank you, Jenny. Right back at you. Like you. Let me know if you need an assistant. I'll like yes, get a suitcase. Course. It has to be a large suitcase, but I can probably fit in your suitcase. <laughs> I want to get a gig with the ISSA. You guys like Dan Duran, John Bauer, now Jenny. You guys are like my favorite people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We try. Uh, but we love it. And thank you so much. Do you have any last words of wisdom? Any like that one thing that you wish you knew, you know, 15 years ago? Not like Dan 50 years ago, but 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was, I'm not kidding. That was awesome, Jenny. That was great. Um, you know, golly. Pulling, pulling my thoughts into a single place can be a challenge one time, but this is top of my mind right now. Um, the departed Jim Rohn is somebody I always had a great deal of respect for. Um, he's one of the only self-help people I ever really jived with because he made things so simple and not hyperbolic and not overstated. So here's something I want you to consider as a fit pro right now. Jim Rohn has this beautiful quote, work harder on yourself than you do on your business. And so I say that to you because a lot of fit pros struggle as entrepreneurs a lot. I mean, the statistics are absolutely revealing. Um, these four pillars we talked about today, do them. Do them earnestly, do them daily. Work on yourself. You're going to be surprised at how much your business grows simply because you're in a better mental and emotional space. Absolutely. Absolutely. How much your life improves in general. A million percent, yes. 
Absolutely. I love that. And we've had other professionals like Oliver Patrick from Future Practice on with us. And his five things to, to consider are movement and nutrition, which is what most fitness professionals focus on. Mm-hmm. But then you have your mindset, you have your recovery, and you also have your environment. Yes. And uh, you're digging deeper into that mindset piece. And so it's it's a huge piece. And I feel like people, people know it, but nobody addresses it. Um, so again, you're giving us very practical tools that we can use to help address that mindset piece, not only for ourselves, but with our clients. So I appreciate you. I applaud you for that. Thank you. I, I, I guys, I can't, I can't thank you enough for this opportunity. Honestly, ISSA is world-class as far as I'm concerned. You guys are all just so wonderful and thank you so sincerely. I hope to hear from some of your listeners. Absolutely. Dan, any last words today? Oh man, there are so many, uh, I'm actually going to kind of summarize with the title of Brian's book, Mindset Matters Most. Uh, you know, in in the world of, in our world, let's say personal training, coaching, it is important, very important to know the, the anatomy and the physiology and the programming and the science and all of those things. It's, it's uh, crucial, but none of that does any good if you're not focused on neck up fitness. It's just sitting in your mind and nobody's applying it or they don't want to apply it or they don't understand why they should apply it. Focus on the neck up fitness. Then you can bring to life everything else you learned. So well said. Good to be more. Absolutely. Yes, I've definitely heard Dan say that before. That's his That's his jam. I had great mentors. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at him. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's all coming full circle for me. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Thank you again, Brian, so much. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you got a lot out of this conversation. And if you missed anything or you want to go back, recap, go back re-listen to this um, fabulous information. But thank you again for listening, guys. And we leave you with our famous words of wisdom. Make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon.